0: Welcome, welcome to Thrive. As you can tell, you get me today. Pastor Andy took a couple of days off, and um, he wishes you and loves you very much. And, um, uh, but you guys say a prayer for him that he gets some rest and takes a couple of days. He and Melissa and um, enjoys that time. But you get me and I'm so excited. If you don't know me, I'm Reverend Dee Dee Jones. I am an associate pastor here as well. And I love, love Lovers Lane United Methodist Church. And most of you I know well. And Thrive has been a part of my heart for a very, very long time since the day I walked through these doors. And so we're so glad to slowly see you coming back slowly seeing things get a little bit back to normal and trying to figure out what that normal is amen amen did you have a good easter you did did you have a good easter last sunday was incredible i enjoyed so much i caught myself staring like i am this morning because i haven't seen some of your faces in a while so if you see me looking at you it's on purpose because I haven't got to see you and I have missed you. And it's so good to see you. And last Sunday, I got to look at faces I had not seen in over a year. And I was so grateful and so thankful for that. So it is really good to see you. And the faces I can't see, it's good to see you too. We want you to know that we're glad you are here today. And thank you for joining us. So I'm going to start out today a little bit different. I want to tell you a little bit about myself. I am a true, on the Enneagram, I'm a true four five. That means I have to research everything before I really believe it. I really do. I always tell people I'm a nerd that wears makeup and high heels, because I am. Um, but I have really gotten into something that, that really got me through the pandemic as well, and that is baking. I really do love to bake. I don't eat it, but I like to bake it and give it to someone. I love to do that. It's where I find peace. It's where I find uh, a little bit of creation and a little bit of creatine, and I love to bake. I grew up in a home. Yeah, Dave's had some of my pies. I grew up in a home where my mother did too. But I had this aunt, her name was Aunt Thelma, and Aunt Thelma could bake anything, and it tasted so good. But there was this particular thing that Aunt Thelma made, and it was called chocolate cake. It was that simple. But it wasn't just any chocolate cake, guys. It was a three-tiered cake. And literally, when it was on the platter, it was this tall. It was, I, I put a ruler, it was past a foot tall. And each filling was just as thick as the cake. And I'll never forget when we would pick Aunt Thelma up from the airport, here she came off the plane with the chocolate cake. And you knew in that moment Jesus was pleased. It was going to be a good day because Aunt Thelma walked off that plane with chocolate cake. So since my Aunt Thelma has passed away, I have tried finding that recipe over and over. I've looked through Mom's recipe. I found every other recipe of Aunt Thelma's, but I can't find the chocolate cake. So I sat down to figure it out. I made the first one. Guys, it wasn't just not like Aunt Thelma's. It was terrible. And I know how to bake. This wasn't my first adventure. This wasn't one of those things of, oh, my goodness. This was one of those things of like, what did I miss? Well, I realized I missed putting the salt in the ingredients. So in my total five self, I go and look up why does salt matter in a recipe? Well, salt matters in a recipe because it gives everything else in the ingredients their permission to have flavor. It gives everything in that bowl permission to have flavor and good flavor, just a little bit of salt. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go back around to this again. And I did. Second cake. It was terrible. This time, guess what I did? I put a tablespoon of salt. It was too much salt. And not only was it too much salt, it was too much salt. Like you couldn't even taste the chocolate Or the sweet, wonderful filling because all I could taste was salt. So, okay, I go back again, figure out what I had done. I put too much salt. So the first cake, I'd put too much salt. First cake, I'd put too little salt. Second cake, too much salt. What do I do now? So I met it right in the middle. Let me tell you. I won't say it was as good as Aunt Thelma's, but it was really good. So good. I'm a little proud of myself over it because at least now I've got those sweet memories of Aunt Thelma's chocolate cake. But in those memories, what I learned more than anything was about salt. Salt. And Thelma, why didn't you tell me that just a dash of salt changes everything, but a whole lot of salt can really mess it up? No one told me that. So we're in a series today where we're talking a little bit about that. It's called Salty People. Now I had to, once again, in my complete nerdy self, I had to go figure out what are they talking about? I think I know what they're talking about. Some people say sassy. Some people may say ornery. Some people, everybody's got their term for it. But if you look it up, it was real simple. In the Urban Dictionary, it says, being salty is when you are upset over something little. Yeah, I started laughing too. Yeah, when you are upset over something little. Now, we can all say we've been a little salty, right? We can all say we know a few salty people. I see some of y'all going, "Mm -hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But here is the deal. What we know is a little bit of salt is good. What we know is if there's no salt, it's not right. And if there's too much salt, it's really not right. It's just the right amount of salt. So I want to tell you a story because like every story, Jesus always gives us something that helps us understand it a little bit more. And he does. From Luke 4, if you want to turn with me, chapter 4 going at verse 16, we're going to start from today. And follow me here for just a moment. Because I want you to understand as we get into this story, it proves the point that Jesus knows how to deal with salty people. But not only does he know how to deal with salty people, he knows how to be the right amount of salt. Starting in verse 16, Jesus went to Nazareth where he had been raised. Now remember that part. This is where Jesus had been raised. On the Sabbath, he went to the synagogue as he normally did and stood up to read. The synagogue assistant gave him the scroll from the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to liberate the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the synagogue assistant, and sat down. Every eye. And the synagogue was fixed on him. He began to explain to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled just as you heard it. Everyone was raving about Jesus. So impressed were they by the gracious words flowing from his lips. They said, This is Joseph's son, isn't it? Then it changes slightly. Then Jesus said to them, undoubtedly, you will quote this saying to me, doctor, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we've heard you do in Capernaum. He said, I assure you that no prophet is welcome in the prophet's hometown. And I can assure you that there are many widows in Israel during Elijah's time when it didn't rain for three and a half years. And there was a great food shortage in the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to a widow in the city, a Zarephath, in the region of Sidon. There were also many persons with skin diseases in Israel during the time of the prophet Elisha. But none of them were cleansed. Instead, Naaman of Syrian was cleansed. When they heard this, guess what happens? Everyone in the synagogue was filled with anger. They rose up and they ran him out of his town. They led him to the crest of the hill on which their town had been built so that they could throw him off the cliff. But he passed through the crowd and went on his way. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, in this scripture, in 5.2 seconds, we've gone from, hey, this guy knows what he's talking about, this is Joseph's kid, to all of a sudden they're running him out of town. Now, that is salty people. Here's what we know in this scripture. Jesus makes two proclamations in this scripture. He is announcing his ministry. He is saying, I will bring good news to the poor, the captives, and the oppressed. But here's the second thing that he's telling them. They liked that part, but here's where it gets interesting. Is there, This is where it takes its interesting and weird turn because he then says to his people, It doesn't work. Just like you think it should and like it did for Elijah, it doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? Because this is where I'm from. This is where we see the word prophet come into play for the first time when we're thinking about who Jesus is and when they're beginning to try to understand who Jesus is. And he's telling them this isn't going to work the same because every prophet is rejected in their own hometown. See, they're expecting Jesus to give them a little favor here because, hey, he is a hometown boy. And Jesus is saying it really doesn't. Work that way. Then what happens? They get salty. They get upset. And it even passes salty. It gets to the point of the Bible even says anger. They're angry. They get so mad they ran him out of town. They ran him out of his town. They ran their homeboy, the one they loved, the one that they wanted favor from, it didn't happen so they ran him out. You see, salty people can either get mad that it didn't go their way or they can trust God for the right way. It's a hard one. Salty people can either get mad that it didn't go their way or they can trust God For the right way. Jesus did not back down from his truth and his purpose. Jesus knew it wasn't going to go well. He even warns them. Ah, no, it'd be fine. I mean, how many of us have been in that place? Are you sure you want me to answer that? Because I know that when I do and when I begin to speak, you're not going to like what I have to say. And maybe you're on the other side of that. Are you sure you want to ask that question and get the honest answer? But we've all been there. We've all gotten mad. Y'all can shake your head at me. It's okay. We're family in here. When you're at home, I know I can't see you, but I know some of you are going, okay. She's right. Do I pour too much salt into the situation or do I put just a dash so that I can help the situation? Now don't get me wrong, sometimes things do feel like they need a lot of salt. Some things just don't have enough flavor. But salt's not meant to be what really flavors it. It's what's meant to bring all the flavors together. Our words have the power to bring everything in the situation together. Or they have the power to literally destroy it. Are we getting mad? Are we trusting God? Are we letting our feelings get in the way? Are we just not worrying about the way we respond? Are you salty? But are you salt of the earth? Are you salty? Or are you salt of the earth? Which are you? Did you know that salt within itself is one of the cheapest things you can buy? Even through COVID. If it's still cheap after COVID, you know it's not that expensive. Amen? It's a natural commodity. It's it's something that is interesting to watch and how salt is made. And yet every single person, more than likely, has it sitting in a cupboard. So much so that some of us are having to go with something a little bit different because the doc has said, hey, lay off the salt. Which are you? Are you the one always looking for a problem? Or are you the one searching for a solution? Are you looking for all the things wrong? Or are you showing the world all the things that are right? Every day we get that choice if we are going to be too much salt or not enough. And usually our response is determined by our motivation. We usually feel what we open our mouths and say. There's a reason we say it because of what we are motivated and what gets us motivated to do. Jesus' motivation was about sharing his gospel What is your motivation for? When we listen to God, we are going to get the right amount of salt. Are you that dash? Are you a game changer? Are you that saltiness that makes that cake taste really yucky? Maybe you've been both. and Maybe you've learned. And how are you dealing with salty people? Are we being honest here? How are you dealing with salty people? I see some of you giggling or some of you whispering because you've probably thought of several people in the top of your head who that might remind you of. Or maybe you've thought of yourself and circumstances you've been in. Jesus didn't back down. He did get his message across in a way that even warned them. But here's the thing. Even in doing so, it's not that it went great for Jesus in that moment. Because it didn't. They ran him out of town. Sometimes when you're trying to deal with salty people, it doesn't mean that it's always going to end well. Because you can only control you. You can only speak your truth in love and make sure it's your truth in love. But you can't control what they are going to do, right? So what do you do? Jesus shows us in this story that dealing with salty people is a tough situation. I mean, they are headed to throw him off a cliff. Can you imagine? He's like, I warned y'all all all the way out the city gate. I told you, you're not going to like what I have to say. Did you know that we can love people and not agree with them? Did you know that? Did you know I can love you with all of my heart and I still don't have to agree with you in order to love you? Did you know that we can even put our own salt into the equation? And we can even make it better, even if I don't agree with you. That is because the love of Christ has equipped us so to be able to do that. I can walk into a situation, put just a dash, and it may not even be what you like, but that little dash of salt the Holy Spirit will use, and it's pretty amazing in how God will move and how that circumstance and that situation will change. I personally found that dealing with some salty people is one of the hardest and most difficult things to do because sometimes it comes out of nowhere. But there will always be salty people in our life from now on. People looking for something wrong. People looking to pick a fight. And people searching for the next drama. Just make sure it's not you. But Jesus showed us that when we get caught in These places, we have that choice. Am I going to be salty or am I going to be salt of the earth? Which am I going to be? And as we close today, what I love so much, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, what I love so much is that in the idea of free will and what we believe is that you're not puppets on a string being told exactly what you can and cannot do. You get a choice. And we get choices. Are we going to be salty? How do we deal with salty? But we also get the chance to bring balance. We get to bring balance to the recipe just like my Aunt Thelma's cake. Am I going to put just enough salt so that it tastes so good? Or am I going to put a tablespoon in like I did the first time and mess the whole thing up? Or maybe some of you go, I'm not going to put anything in there that's still going to miss its flavor. But we get that choice. Are we willing to live into our own saltiness so that we can be the salt of the earth? Because the cool thing is when Jesus reaches down in that bowl and that salt and he grabs just a dash and he puts it in that bowl with everything that's already been mixed together, he brings all those flavors together. He begins to mix it together. He puts it in the pan and he bakes it. And when it comes out, it is the best thing ever. That's what Jesus does. But we get that choice. Father, I thank you. Are we salty? Are we salt of the earth? When we allow you to move, when we allow you. father to show us and guide us and give us wisdom to know what we do in that situation what we do in the circumstances that seem beyond our control seem too hard to understand seem to be in a place that we have no concept of what do we do next god we know that you can use us Father, I thank you for this day and I thank you for this time. We give you glory, God, and we give you honor in your holy name.